you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it said at the start, this is Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Um, I'm going to give a quick shout out to some of my articles over on the site. I've been very draft heavy. I have a full count trends up and my mock, which includes the Indians pick and a potential sleeper pick for the Indians as well in there, uh, is almost up to 100,000 views, which is a huge success for the site. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Let's let's help me get over that uh, 100,000 barricade, uh, barricade, 100,000 milestone, whatever it is. Uh, Go and listen, or go and listen, go and read and uh, help me out there. So we're going to, on today's show, we'll talk about the game. I'm going to uh, talk about Neil Ramirez for a while. I think most people know my opinion on him. I have not been shy about uh, speaking about him, and I will continue with that. And then after I talk about the the game today and Neil Ramirez, I am then going to, uh, today being... Yesterday was Tuesday. We did Lake County. Today is our Lynchburg day. So then I will talk about Lynchburg and kind of how things are going. Maybe look and see um, how they performed today if they played today. I'll be honest, I have not looked that up yet. Typically, I, uh, you know, some behind the scenes is I do start and stop the podcast. I'm sure some of you can tell that my editing skills aren't the best. So there are points where I will stop, bring up certain data, and then return to the podcast. Things like this will likely change as I evolve and get used to being a podcaster. This is still a relatively new thing for me. So I want to thank everyone who is subscribing, who is listening on their car rides, wherever, who's using the Himalaya app, Google Tunes, Google Tunes. I'm just going to combine them into one. Google Play and iTunes, now Google Tunes. Um, I have decreed Spotify, whatever it is. I want to thank every single one of you listeners. You're the reason that I'm doing this. Um, you're what are what's making it fun. And again, going to throw out that uh, the call for going on my Twitter, Jeff ML at Jeff MLB Draft, and sending me questions so I can do a once a week mailbag on here. So tonight's game, I talked about how Pablo Lopez was an interesting pitcher who had been better than his stats had shown. Well, he uh, pitched quite well against the Indians. When you look at it, uh, just two hits, the one earned run, six strikeouts, two walks. Then uh, Connolly and a Steckenrider into Romo, and that's all she wrote. Uh, you know, the two big takeaways for me in this game it was nice to see Dan Otero start to get back on track. It's nice to see Tyler Olson come in and be effective. It's been nice to see Adam Simber after his bad performance come back. I still haven't hit my two big takeaways. Two big takeaways are, I'll go deeper on Neil Ramirez in a second, but if Carlos Carrasco's hurt, he was pitching well uh, after some of his early concerns about performance. His last start had been a good one. He was starting to put things together, and then he had to leave with the injury. Now, for a team already down Clevenger and without a lot of pitching prospects in the upper uh, minors, this is a huge concern. The early word on the injury is that it's minor, but they're going to do a precautionary MRI on the knee. Uh, They always say it's minor until the precautionary MRI, and then we find out the truth. We'll have to see. It is a concern. If he is down, you already look at Clevenger, who's going to be gone for at least another month and a half at this point. Um, You're down 
two-fifths of your rotation. It goes right in with, if you listen to yesterday's podcast, where I talked about the high injury rates this year in the MLB, and I'm not sure what's going on, but it seems that every team is down multiple uh, central pieces. And for as much as they're like, a guy is close, a guy is returning, or it's something minor, I mean, the way they talked at the beginning of the year, you'd think Bradley Zimmer would have been back by now. Uh, Lindor took longer than expected. Kipnis took slightly longer than expected. The injury, uh, they've been underestimating players and how long they'll be out. So we'll have to keep our eye on this. So let's say we assume at this point that Jeffrey Rodriguez just replaces Clevenger in the rotation. His first start was interesting. Um, I'm not sure if it's good, bad. Uh, it was solid. Um, there, I do have concerns with his performance across multiple levels in his minor league career, and I don't know if he's going to be able to keep that up. But if we just say, okay, he's going to be a league average pitcher, I'm, that is a leap, but let's just give him that value. So if I make that statement, who do we then, if Carrasco's injury is going to take him out even just a few weeks, who slots in? Cody Anderson has not looked all that good in the pen. I guess a healthy Adam Plutko. A year ago, he was not really good when given an opportunity in the rotation. Uh, For a team that is struggling offensively as badly as they are struggling, um, it's just the news can't get worse. I mean, they're facing one of the worst teams in baseball, and they get absolutely skunked today. Uh, The offense doesn't show up they manage just three hits and they they lose this one three to one the marlins are a team that are seven and 16 and the indians since that uh, ninth inning collapse have now lost three in a row it's early in the year we're not even out of april but i'm just wondering how many people are feeling really comfortable with the indians current situation um more comfortable, less comfortable. I'm feeling a little less comfortable than than uh, the preseason, just due to the the injuries that have arisen, and then the performances. You know, Lindor's going to take some time to come back. His numbers, small sample size. Jose Ramirez. It's not just the year and a half of bad, or year and a half, month and a half of bad baseball so far this year. It's the two months last year and the postseason. He has now had this little stretch where he's just not able to get it together. Uh, Santana didn't have the best game today, didn't have a terrible game. Carlos Gonzalez is showing absolutely no power. Kipnis is performing well. Roberto Perez is improving. Bowers is struggling to make contact. And Naquin looks like what he's always looked like, which is a fifth or sixth outfielder. And then you've got your pen issues. So it's it's not the prettiest picture. We'll have to see how things go. Um, we got to hope that, uh, I mean, it, no team is going to do well when they lose a dynamic pitcher and they have a pair of MVP candidates instead of playing like a pair of uh, below replacement level hitters. That's just hard for any team to overcome. But the way the Twins are playing... Uh, the the smart additions they made this offseason. Uh, Twins had one of the most underrated offseasons in, in baseball. And, uh, you know, they're in first now, and they're going to be 
a team that I think can, you know, two years ago they were a, a playoff team, a wild card team, and they've only gotten a lot better since then. Not a little better, but a lot better as their young players have gotten more experience, as more have come up uh, to the majors, as their pitching has kind of started to settle down. And it's, uh, you know, last year they went out and traded for some starters, and they also have the minor league depth. And, yeah, I mean, they're going to be a team to watch and to probably be a little bit afraid of all this year. Neil Ramirez, he has been one of my targets multiple times this year, and he was the one who basically cost the Indians the game today with him giving up all three runs in his inning of relief after uh, Carrasco's knee issue. Neil Ramirez has pitched for six different teams, and has he's always missed bats, and I think that is why he keeps getting opportunities. And he had some points where he was minorly effective with the Cubs, but that was over five years ago. He was not really good with the Indians a year ago. He's been terrible this year, and the reason... He has never made sense as someone who keeps getting these shots is he takes the horrible combination of prone to walks and extremely prone to home runs and combines them. Yes, he can get the strikeout, but you don't want a reliever who's going to give up home runs and walk players. His career walk rate is over four and a half. Yes, with the Indians, it's been slightly under four and that's acceptable, but the home run rate of 1.6 is awful. Um, and Tito uses him a lot. Ramirez is getting a ton of appearances. He's already appeared in nine games this year for the Indians. And, I mean, that's just that's too many. The Indians have played in 21 total games. And he has been in nine of them. He's been in almost half of the Indians' games. Think about that for a second. Whereas someone like Nick Wetgren, who I've been talking about all the time, hasn't pitched since uh, the first game of the Saturday double... No. Was it the Saturday doubleheader? Yes, right? It was the starter to Wetgren to hand. Whatever it is, he has not pitched for two days in a row. He's only appeared in five games, even though he's been really effective. Hand is at 10 games. Oliver Perez is at 10 games. Tyler Olson is at 9. Neil Ramirez is at 9. Otero is at 8. Uh, Edwards was surprisingly effective when he was up in the with the Indians. His walk rate showed, though, he probably wasn't going to be able to continue that. Um, you've got Cody Anderson you're trying to work into form. There's a, a big Henry Martinez fan who's in AAA, but uh, running Neil Ramirez out there, it cost him a game today, and that won't be the first game he costs them this year. Something that isn't costly is uh, using our promo code and going to bluechew.com and trying their little blue pill. It, you don't have to uh, pay for the item, just pay the five bucks for shipping, answer a few questions on their survey, and you can try some mail enhancement at home discreetly mailed to your door bluechew.com promo code mlb so as i stated before the second half of the show is going to be devoted to the lake county captains um, 
we could start like a drinking game how many times and make a mistake. Uh, Lake County captains were yesterday, but uh, again, very interesting team. That's why they're on the mind. Today is Lynchburg's turn, the Hillcats. So we are going to turn to the Lynchburg Hillcats and look at who is performing and some names to know. So uh, if you were following along at home and were curious, I will answer the question. Yes, Lynchburg, not only did they play today, they faced the Down East Wood Ducks, who are in Kinston, the Indians' former affiliate. If you're curious, that is the uh, current affiliate of the Texas Rangers. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Julio Martinez is a left fielder there. Uh, at least I, I'm hoping that is who Jay, yeah, Julio Pablo Martinez, who was a big Latin American signing, and then Leody Tavares for Texas. So two of their bigger prospects were uh, present and in this game, hitting two and three. The starter, oh, Michael Machuela, who was a was a pretty big name player out of Duke at one point, it was talked about as a possible first overall pick, worked out of the pen for them. But uh, you're not here for the uh, the Rangers rundown, so let's talk about the Indians. There's about four arms and four hitters that really stand out on this Indians team as players you just have to look at, either due to performance or where they were drafted. Let's start at the top with Eli Morgan. For him, it was a bad game because he gave up a one run on a home run. He struck out six and six innings and allowed four hits. That's right. When Eli Morgan gives up a run, he's having a bad game. That one run raised his ERA so far this year to .78. So he is. Uh, it was a bit of a struggle for him to get that win, giving up one run in six innings. It raised his ERA from .53 to .78. So it had a 50% increase due to uh, that one home run in this game. That's how good he's been. Uh, I don't know why, after nearly 100 innings in Lynchburg last year, the Indians are having him repeat the level. Move him up. There's no, uh, there's no reason for him to be down here. He has nothing left to prove. Uh, there is flotsam and jetsam in that rotation for the uh, for the rubber ducks. They can move players around. Morgan should be a priority prospect compared to some of the other guys. Kyle Nelson is a came in and pitched one inning of relief, struck out the side, did allow one hit, but he's another one of those polished college players who you know was just eating up a ball um he was a 15th round pick out of uh, uc santa barbara that's where shane bieber is from and he was i don't want to say he was like bieber statistically there were some similarities probably a better way to put it where he was a control specialist who um at uc santa barbara which is what shane bieber was when the indians drafted him as well um Shane Bieber now is not who Shane Bieber was then. If Shane Bieber now was what he was then, he would have been a top 15 pick in that draft. So um, Nelson is closer to Bieber then. But either way, he's been highly effective in the minor so far in a relief role. In the game itself, uh, Jod Carter had a home run. Not really a priority prospect anymore. Uh, Nolan Jones went two for four. Raising his batting average to 3.28, talked about how it was a bit of a surprise that Will Benson was hitting so well early. Nolan Jones is a whole class ahead of him at this point, uh, even though they're the same draft class. <clears throat> with Benson repeating, and Jones is hitting 3.28 on the year with an 8.22 uh, OPS. 
And, you know, that would look absolutely phenomenal if it wasn't for the fact that Oscar Gonzalez, who for some reason wasn't on the MLB.com uh, top 30, is hitting 370 with a 912 OPS this year. Yes, and he's another one who Gonzalez and Benson are very similar prospects. Um, so he's another very surprising player to see that. The other hitters of note in this lineup that really stand out, uh, Gavin Collins was a catcher when they drafted him, had some time at third base. He's mostly played first. He's always kind of had a sneaky hit tool. Um, but I think he's he's one of those guys who's kind of borderline for the top 30. I think he snuck in towards the end of mine. I'd have to go back and look at it. Um, and those always have a chance to, to change as I kind of really dive in and start writing. But uh, just keep your eye on him. He's performing well this year. And Steve Kwan, who... Uh, they drafted just a year ago and have pushed into high hay, which is a very aggressive. Again, you know, Eli Morgan is someone who's, they have, even though he was dominant last year, repeating the level, whereas Quan, they're like, here you go. Uh, not his best night, but he has performed r- really well, 338 average, 842 on base percentage. The statistics I have... Um, baseball cube just because I one of the reasons I love baseball cube is a college stats and b it's nice that they've calculated walk percentage and strikeout percentage so I don't have to but when you look at someone like Nolan Jones before the game today he had a 19% walk rate which is phenomenal Uh, Oscar Gonzalez had a 0% walk rate which is not so good that shows that eventually the league will catch up to him but uh, when you look at Nolan Jones' high walk rate, Steve Kwan is walking 11% of the time. Gavin Collins is over 10%. Almost everybody in this lineup is walking really high rates except for Oscar Gonzalez. But it's, uh, you know, Nolan Jones is obviously the jewel of the Indian system at this point. He is not hitting for much power so far this year, which is surprising on the other end of things i don't know if he's working on something with his approach or his con contact or what it is but i mean his power is his calling card so he's he's almost been a a polar opposite hitter this year to what uh one would expect i mean his strikeout rate is at 20 almost 22 percent which i do believe is down from a year ago let me just double check that yep last year is at 26 so slightly down in terms of pitching at this level, you know, Eli Morgan's a big name. I talked about Kyle Nelson. Uh, John Carlos Mejia was someone they chose to add to the 40-man, a surprising move for many of us. But so far, he's been excellent uh, in high A. He's another player you have to think will get the push soon. He's already on the 40-man roster, and he's in low A. At some point, Mejia and Morgan are going to have to get the push-up. There's not a lot of priority prospects. We talked about the lack of depth the Indians have in the upper minors. There's some guys to to push and move around. And then, why am I blanking on the last... You know, Adam Scott was a, a senior sign who is really performing well this year. But as that lefty, uh, polished lefty that's not a huge surprise they gave him more money than your typical senior sign type so we'll have to see if he's just kind of another one of those tanner tully ben Crouth lefties or if he's gonna as he continues to move up the ladder uh 
continues to perform at a high level. The fact they're already dropping him in high A shows comfortability there. And then Robert Broom was the other guy I could not think about off the top of my head who was a another, you know, Scott was a fourth-round pick and Broom a tenth-rounder. But I don't think there's anywhere where Scott would be rated higher than Broom, which is why the baseball draft is interesting because of its pull system. Broom is that uh, side-arming right-hander who's just striking out an obscene, it's obscene amount. In uh, nine innings, he has struck out 14 batters, uh, for, so a walk rate of 14, which is almost as good as Kyle Nelson's, who uh, in his five innings has struck out 11. So out of a pot, out of 15 outs recorded, he's got 11 via the strikeout. Um, they're both relievers, and they're both old for the level, but still it's nice to see. This whole team is rather old for the level um, throughout. So I'll be curious to see maybe after the draft how many players get pushed up as they, especially because when you look at all the big prospects the Indians have, uh, most prospects list, list a lot of those players in Arizona, and many of them will get moved on um, post-draft at the Mahoning Valley opening, but they'll also have to put a lot of those draft picks somewhere as well. I went really super over today, so I'm going to apologize. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the extra time on Lynchburg. Uh, you know, it was uh, it's another... I get excited by the minors. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I'm a prospect and draft analyst. Thank you for listening on whatever service you use. Thank you for the reviews. Those are huge for us. And, you know, as always, just tell a friend. Leave just a, a, a review and say, I like it. A short one is awesome, too. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Tribe.